Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 338. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a few things to get to today. We're going to start off with the NBA. Yeah, not technically the NBA here, but but basketball. Uh, there's some international basketball being played uh, right now and this week. We got the Basketball World Cup starting on the 25th. So uh, the Basketball World Cup is not nearly as big of a deal as World Cup and soccer, um, but it is something. It is the second biggest tournament. The Olympics are are bigger in international play. Um, and so with that, not all the big stars play in the World Cup. And the Team Team USA is always an interesting group of people uh, during the World Cup because it's you know players that probably aren't going to make the team. It's either young players who are trying to make the Olympic team during the next Olympics or kind of like veterans who wouldn't have a chance at the Olympics. Um, when in addition to that, there's also some like Olympic qualifying happening. So I wanted to bring this up before I talk about the World Cup. Uh, there was a match between the Bahamas and Argentina. And uh, the Bahamas pulled off the upset, and they uh, are one step closer to qualifying for the Olympics, which is kind of crazy. A small little coached by uh, uh, John Candy. uh, Sure, yeah. (laughs) Uh, They have three NBA players on their roster: Um, Buddy Heald, DeAndre Ayton, and here's the one that's kind of a surprise and can be annoying to some people: Uh, Eric Gordon. So you wouldn't think Eric Gordon is from the Bahamas, and he's not, but he. I believe his mother is, um, and that's that's how you see a lot of these guys in international play get on their teams. Is, is you know they have some uh, ancestors that were from this country. Uh, but the not- notable thing about Eric Gordon is that Eric Gordon played on Team USA in the 2010 World Cup team. Uh, he won the World Cup with Team USA. Now he's playing for another nation, uh, and this pissed off a former NBA player who's still playing for Argentina. Surprisingly. Uh, do you remember uh, Andres Nocioni uh, of the Bulls back in the day? You remember him? Uh, he was like a no, six foot nine no. white guy, um, but he's still playing for Argentina, and uh, who lost in this game and was pretty upset about it. That how can this guy be allowed to play? Just kind of switch teams in his career. But I mean, the reality is Eric Gordon's not going to be making any uh, World Cup team at age thirty four. Uh, but I remember that twenty ten team was a lot of fun. A lot of young guys, including Gordon, I think. Harden, Durant, Westbrook, all the Curry, that kind of era of guys. Um, a couple years after that great 2008 team, which was the team that that won the uh, the Olympics um, with you know LeBron, Wade, Kobe, Dwight Howard, Chris Paul. That 2010 team was a lot of fun because it was like mostly guys that were like 24 and under. Um, and now here we are, 13 years later, and Eric Gordon's playing <laughs> for the Bahamas. Uh, but yeah, this year Team USA. I do want to pull up the roster. Uh, cause it is just, it's, it's a lot of younger guys and some guys are like, how, how are they on this team? But, uh, you got Paolo Banchero, uh, Macau Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cameron Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves. So, uh, I guess Austin Reeves has been really, really good for them. So it's encouraging for Lakers fans to see, uh, playing with a bunch of other good players that he's still getting it done. Um, but yeah, some of these names on this roster, like Josh Hart is not a Olympic level talent. He's a good player, a nice player, uh, but shouldn't be there. Same with Cameron Johnson. 
Uh, Walker Kessler was just a rookie last year and is kind of just a big guy. I don't know what his future is, but uh, you got guys like Anthony Edwards and Paolo Benchero who are like future stars that you would expect to be on future Olympic teams. So, um, And I think Anthony Edwards has been the, the breakout player for the U.S. and the uh, exhibition game so far. So uh, Their first game is on the 26th, and I did have their group... Uh, some weird teams here. They're in Group C with Jordan, which seems crazy to me that Jordan made made the tournament here. Greece, who does not have Giannis, and New Zealand. So, uh, yeah, a lot of the best international players are not playing in this tournament. So, no Jokic, no Giannis. Um, I'm blanking on the people. <clears throat> Luke is going to play, but uh, <laughs> I've also heard uh, that uh, I know the United States plays New Zealand first, I believe, and I saw that. I was listening that they're about going to be like 36 and a half point favorites, or at least that's what it opened. It can always go up from there. And uh, so I imagine USA and Greece are who get out of that stage, but uh, that's a, that's a three, no conference for USA in my yeah, opinion. And, and Greece has really good players Greece that is, don't Greece, make it over at the NBA. Yeah. Greece is a, a very competitive. Uh, they're one of the best European leagues, actually. I'm pretty sure. Like there's a lot of good guys that come from Greece and honestly, if Greek, Greece did have Giannis against this USA team. Giannis might be enough as long as he had some help that they would definitely challenge the USA, if not beat them, to be honest. I mean, this USA team's solid, but they're not amazing. They just beat Germany by eight points, and they were down by 16 at one point in the third quarter. So, I mean, they had a huge fourth quarter. I think they outscored Germany by like 17 or something, like 12 or something. I know they outscored them by double digits in the yeah. fourth, but... Germany has uh, the, Wag- the Wagners. Yeah, and they have Schroeder. Yeah. So I mean, that Germany, you know, they. Oh yeah, another another key uh, international player not playing is um, Ben Simmons. Yeah. So I'm sure would just dominate in these tournaments, right? No. Uh, but instead, they have Jack White of the White Stripes. Pretty cool. <laughs> oh, Actually, wow. the Australia is a team to watch out for too. Dante yeah. Exum, Josh Giddy, uh, Joe Ingles, Patty Mills is still solid. Matisse Thybul plays solid defense. Uh, I I know they were saying Australia's a team to watch, and also Canada. I yeah, know. so that's the other big name that's not playing. Uh, Jamal Murray's not playing for Canada. But Canada, yeah, Canada's loaded. Let's see if I can find that that roster here. Um, but I know they have uh, a roster full of sweet Canadian boys, <laughs> including uh, yep. SGA, along with his cousin, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But uh, Dylan Brooks, Lou Dort. Uh, this was a name that stuck out to me. Zach Eady, oh, the, the big man from Purdue. from Purdue, playing on that team. Who drafted him? I think he went back. Okay. I think he decided to, to go for a senior year. And they got Kelly Olynyk too. Yeah, they have good. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that is a solid team. Like RJ that team Barrett, is yeah. honestly just as good. I mean, I another notable international player not playing. No, uh, no Wemby there. No Victor Wembanyama for France. Victor Wembanyama. It's uh, too bad. I'd like to see him play, but uh, if you're the Spurs, you don't want to see him out there. That's probably why he's not out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that'll be going on the next couple weeks, I think. So, uh, good little. And they, Keys for the NBA season. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, not bad. You know, a couple months away. Um, we did have the NBA schedule released. I don't know when that was, um, but I don't have it in front of me. I, that probably was something we probably should have talked about. But I do have the the Christmas games. I do have the Christmas the, games. It's always a big. Yeah, the Hornets deal. are still like the only team to never play on Christmas Day. Well, and now Michael Jordan's not part of them. Or, well, I guess he's still part of, it, but he's not going to be the principal owner anymore. So. I can uh, get it to you guys right here. For the Christmas Day schedule. So it opens up at 9 a.m. This will be Pacific times. 9 a.m. Milwaukee Bucks at New York Knicks. The Knicks are always the 9 a.m. game uh, from what I can 
remember. Uh, unless they're ever good. Yeah, then be- but they seem to be like a tradition, like how the Lions are 9 a.m. on Thanksgiving. It seems like the Knicks are always 9 a.m. on Christmas. Uh, do you want me to just tell you all the sports going on that day or just the basketball ones? Because I, there's three football games that yeah, day there's, also. Yeah, there's a lot, I know. I'll do the basketball first. At 11.30 p.m., wow, no, <laughs> at 11.30 a.m., <laughs> we've got the Golden State Warriors at the diff. Wow, the Denver Nuggets. I obviously cannot speak anymore. Uh, at 2 o'clock, we've got the Boston Celtics against the Los Angeles Lakers in L.A. At 5 o'clock, we've got the 76ers, Sean's favorite team, at the Miami Heat. And They're then, having a triple header that day, actually. Yeah, like, and then the like nightcap at 7.30, the nightcap will be the Dallas Mavericks at the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and then throughout the day, sprinkled in there, there's three good NFL, not three good ones, but there's three NFL games. We don't know how good any of these games will be. Yeah, that's true. Point. But at 10 a.m., you'll have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. At 1.30 p.m., you'll have the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. And at 5.15 p.m., you'll have the Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. So you get two Bay teams that day. We've got two Philly teams that day and Late two New York teams that day. And Baltimore's always that late game because the Steelers usually have the late Christmas game. They had it last year. They had it like the year before. Like they, they get crowned the late uh, Christmas yeah, Christmas they Eve lose game. To the Raiders last? No, year? they they came back and beat them. Okay, that's what it was. They were. Losing. I can't remember because I the team I wanted to win won, based on the wildcard standings, but I don't really remember which was which. All right. Well, we're ready to move over to some baseball. Yeah. So I think first we'll just follow up on the story, the lead story from last week. Uh, the Rays' Wander Franco is now officially on uh, baseball's leave list. He is on administrative leave, so uh, not a suspension, but a indefinite go away. You're under investigation. Uh, multiple law enforcement agencies are investigating this, including in Dominican Republic. So, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, it doesn't sound like this is going to get resolved this year. Um, and, and if it is resolved, it's probably not going to go the way. Uh, Tampa fans would want. It sounds pretty bad. So we don't know anymore, but I would say don't expect him back for October baseball here. Yeah, I've, I heard something that said uh, it's one source was saying it's possible that uh, he may never play MLB baseball again. And like, you know, you see that a lot. You see guys that get in trouble for stuff like this because it's, I think sometimes you think, oh, he did this and it's, he's out of the, he can't play baseball. It's like stuff like this can also put you into jail. So it's like, I mean, if a guy goes into jail, it's like, yeah, there's a really good chance he's not a team's not going to, you know, when he gets released in three, four years that like, hey, yeah, come on back, buddy. We'll just, you know, pretend that you served your time. It's like with stuff like that, when it comes with children, it's usually uh, and set any type of sexual assault. They usually there's one thing that he has in his favor. I did read in the article about the justice system in the Dominican Republic. So we did say uh, the Dominican Republic has stricter rules on this stuff than the United States does. The United States leaves it up to the states to, to decide. And in Dominican Republic, it's 18, and there's no there's no Romeo and Juliet laws, if you uh, have heard of that before, um, about like leniency for like smaller age gaps. Um, so in, in Dominican Republic, if you're, if you're 18 and two days old, you're off limits for 17-year-olds. Uh, that is not the case in the United States. Um, but in the Dominican Republic, they aren't going to send you to jail. They'll just take your money and give it to the other people because that's how it works over there. Uh, kind of weird. but So he might not ever see any jail time, but he might be convicted and he might have to pay off people. And I think if he is convicted, even if it's in a foreign country, 
he's not going to play in baseball here again, at least for a while. So yeah, I think he's uh, he's doomed for now. And also, it made the the Rays doomed. I mean, it's just it's almost been a tale uh, of two seasons. You know, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm saying just because McClanahan's out too. I yeah. mean, that hurts more than Wander Franco. They, they I think. still win. I don't know. Losing right now at home to the Rockies. Okay. <laughs> uh, only the six yeah. inning though, but uh, we want to move on to some stat leaders. Yeah, some let's go uh, see some stat leaders. I see uh, one so. of these stat leaders is uh, he's fallen down. You know, the the quest uh, for 400 seems like it's all but over. Yeah, Luis Reyes is not going to hit 400 this year for the Marlins. Might but, not even hit 350. Uh, yeah, the way he's going, maybe, maybe not. Uh, he's dropped all the way down to 358. Uh, but yeah, this late in the season, you got to think he's got a 20 plus point lead in the batting in the batting uh, r- title race that he's going to win that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still very impressive, and if he can bump that up, I think the 370. That's something we haven't seen in a while. And be really, oh yeah, that would be nice. Really cool to see. Um, but, yeah, right behind them, uh, Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna Jr., the old uh, Braves teammates, uh, are second and third. Um, and then, yes, first in the American League right now is uh, Yandy Diaz of, of the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So, uh, number five, big surprise, had a good comeback season here. Cody Bellinger, who has kind of, like, reinvented himself for the Cubs. Uh, this was a guy who was hitting below 200 for, like, the last couple seasons for the Dodgers. And that was hitting 322. Uh, Bo Bichette. Of Toronto hitting 320, uh, Shohei hitting 306, and uh, Josh Naylor of the Guardians hitting 306 as well. So that's that's our only 300 hitters this season. So back in the day, see a lot more 300 hitters, but this is where we are now. Um, you know, take a look at home runs too. Oh yeah, let's take a peek. So we got two leaders at the top. Oh, yeah, we got uh, Matt Olson leading the National League with 43 home runs, and Shohei leading the American League with 43. I didn't realize that Pete Alonso's creeping up on him with 39. So, uh, I mean, Otani, I mean, it's, I was watching a game the other night. I forget what night it was. I think it was, shit, I don't remember. But he came, I think it was Friday night. He came up with the bases loaded. They uh, brought up that rookie and the guy walked him. And then Otani comes up with the bases loaded and just hits a grand slam. And it was like, because I jokingly was like, oh, why'd they uh, put the rookie at leadoff tonight? It was his debut. They just drafted him. In Ju- on July 9th, he made his MLB debut on Friday, which would have been, you know, August like 18th or something. And he's, uh, I, I thought about him like, you know why I think they put him lead off because Otani's behind him. So, you know, he's going to have to see some pitches to hit. And, you know, he actually walked. And then it was just funny because the loaded the bases and the mistake was that Otani did hit a grand slam right after that. Uh, but I mean, why even pitch to Otani? I mean, Matt Chapman screamed it at his manager in Toronto when uh, Mike Trout was gone and everybody was out. Uh, he said, why are we pitching to him when he hit the home run? He said, no one else on this team can hit <laughs> or something like that. And, um, you know, maybe not wrong at the time. But uh, yeah, and then you got to yeah, look at this list. Where do you see any more angels? See any more angels? Yeah, no, of course not. Where are you going to have to go all the way to like Hunter Renfro or something? Yeah, I don't even know who the second angel is. No one be. in the top 43 that I see, so. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> I honestly don't even know who the next angel could have been. I mean, I don't even know what Trout got before he got hurt. Mike Trout with 18 home runs, yeah. tied for 66. He, he's played 40 games less than them, too. So, I mean, you know, Trout stayed healthy. Yeah, see, I called the Hunter Renfro. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, those are the home run guys. You got Mookie Betts with 34, Kyle Schwarber with 33. Uh, and impressively, again, Kyle Schwarber, what's his batting average? 183. Well, so I saw this today that it said Kyle Schwarber leads the league in strikeouts. He's 
uh, I got a 183 average, but he's fifth in the league in home runs, and he's also like second in the league in walks or something like that, which I think we could maybe quickly find out. He might even be first. No, he's second. Juan Soto, really up there in walks, 106. But then, yeah, leads in strikeouts with 163. No, he's Whoa. second. He, Gino Suarez surpassed him with 165. And then another guy on Seattle is third with 162. Seattle's batting coach is probably just like, swing away, baby. And hey, but you know what? Seattle's the hottest team in baseball right now. They've, they're 14 and three in their last 17 games. So I guess that approach of just swinging is working because they've got three guys in the top six for the strikeout leaders. So, uh, yeah. Well, including the hottest player in baseball, Julio yeah. Rodriguez. But um, are you ready for our game? Yes. Let's do it. All right. So we got a, a game that's it's not from me. It's from the Internet, from baseballreference.com. It's, you might have seen it all over the Internet. It's called uh, Immaculate Grid. And it is a, uh, a game where there's a three-by-three three grid. Uh, and each column and row has a either a team or a stat, and uh, where they intersect, you got to find a player that matches that description. So, uh, just to, to give you a visualization in this one we're going to play today, you got the Astros on, I guess, the x-axis and the White Sox on the y-axis. So you got to find a player who played for both the Astros and the White Sox. So um, they have this for baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer. Um, I did the basketball one earlier before, and I to show off. Um, so the first column, first row is Knicks and Clippers. So the Clippers are on here, which is I'm an expert on on random Clippers, and I was able to find uh, a player named Marty Collins played for both the Knicks and the Clippers. So uh, basically, the goal of this game is to fill out to get every every square right, um, but also if you want to show off, you want to get the lowest score possible. So you want to pick the player uh, that the least amount of other people picked. So, uh, you're kind of playing reverse, uh, So Andy's reverse. Marty Collins, yeah. 0.2% of people pick him. So Andy, as you said, it'd be like if he was two out of a thousand, but I'll just show off for Andy right now. Cause he got seven out of nine on this whole column oh. thing. Marty Collins was 0.2% of people picked him. He had Eric Piekowski that played for Houston and the Clippers with 0.3% of people picked on the Spurs and Clippers. He said Derek Anderson that had 0.5%. On the Rockets and Sixers, he had Dikembe Mutombo, which had 3%, which actually kind of surprises me that that wasn't higher. Uh, and then he had Bob Sura that played that played for the Rockets and had five-plus assists a game for a season. That was also 0.3%. And then his two biggest were for five-plus assists a game a season for the New York Knicks, Mark Jackson at 11%, and for five-plus assists a game a season, for the San Antonio Spurs, Avery Johnson also at 11%. So Andy had a very good So what's crazy there. about those two guys is they couldn't sound more different. Yeah. They both have had their voices on ESPN for many years. Uh, very different sounding Both guys. have coached yeah. also. Avery Johnson coached Alabama for a while. Mark Jackson coached the Golden State Warriors for a bit. So how do we want to do this? Are you just going to name one? I'm going to name one. We'll see who has the... Uh, well, I we mean, can't do it at the same time. We're right. going to tag team this. I'm okay. Gonna, We'll discuss it, try to find one. Okay. Um, but for, for this one, we've got on... Uh, so we'll see if we can go nine out of on nine. On the rows, we've got Houston Astros, the Angels, and 500 home runs career. And on the columns, we've got the White Sox, the Orioles, and 40 home runs in a season. So we'll just start off with the Astros and White Sox. So there's an obvious one. Is there? Oh, Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu. <laughs> okay. So we want to find something better than that. 
But we want to at least make sure we're not going to get anything wrong. Yeah, we want to. Because that'd be cool if we can go nine out of nine here. So for yeah. you guys listening at home, please shout out answers at your. Uh, sure. At your and we can we can jump around here, but it's harder. It seems like oh yeah, I'll know this, and then you get there and you're like actually, I don't know. Houston and the White Sox. I mean, there. I mean, fuck. All I can. I mean, I feel like it has to be like some sort of reliever or starter. Mm -hmm. But I mean, Jose Abreu is probably the obvious one, and that'll probably be a big bulk of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Sean, any thoughts? (laughs) You got did like. Maglio or Donius play for this team? I don't think he played for you. What oh, wait, I know one. Okay. Carlos Lee, I think. You're right. That is a good one. I'm going to put it in. All right, we're going to go with Carlos Lee. And that gave us 7%. 7 not, not, bad. not bad. I wish we could go and see what Jose Abreu's percentage would have been. All right. Uh, they, they tell you what the number one is after. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, next up, we got Orioles and Astros. So Orioles and Astros. Hmm. Do you even know one right off the top of your head? No. Uh, well, we can always jump Orioles are hard for me because they w- didn't have good teams for a very long team, time. So. Team time. Uh, I'm going to say, did Mike Mussina play for the Astros? I don't know. Because that that's a guy from... Confidently enough. Yeah. Oh! No, never mind. He didn't play mm-hmm. for Baltimore. Um, you got Adam Jones was a good Oriole. JJ Hardy. I don't know. It's hard. Mark, yeah, Mark Trumbo. I don't think played for. So Mark Trumbo is a. There's a difference. There's a. There's a square for Mark Trumbo. Oh, okay. And we have to just out of respect. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, I can't even. Let's just do that one right now, yeah, just so we start speeding things up. For the Angels and Orioles, we got Mark Trumbo, and that twenty percent. Hey, it's fine. Okay. Um, oh boy. So, Houston and the Orioles. Man, this is a... Okay, should we just go 40-plus home run season here? Should we speed up a little bit? Yeah. For Houston? So, I was thinking Bagwell. Do you think Bagwell had a 40 home run yeah, season? Yeah, I know had Berkman had to have that one year. Yeah. What, do, what are you thinking? You want to... I think Berkman like hit a bunch one year, but I mean, if you think Bagwell, though, I think well, that's... You want to be more safe. If you think he really did we got we did get we're three for three so far with a seven percent twenty percent twenty one percent okay that one's easy you got trout and gloss trout i was thinking gloss uh pool said it did it one time and of course shohei yeah so of those i think you should go gloss because i don't know if gloss is but he's got their record but i mean who's naming troy gloss we'll see 18%. 18%. Eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. Yeah, it's better than Trout. And that also might have been one of those ones where it was spread out there's not that many of them yeah there's yeah i think there only is those five or something Mm -hmm. So this was an interesting one. White Sox and 500 home runs. I was thinking Frank Thomas is the obvious. Yeah. Did I feel like Jim Tomei played for them. I think he might have too, but I don't want to lean. Is that it's a risk? You want to move on? No, I mean, did he play for them? So this one, Orioles and 500 home runs. Uh, Palmero is the only one I can think of. Okay. Also, wasn't uh, what's-his-face on the Orioles? Well, I don't know. Brooks Robinson didn't hit 500. I don't think really. he did. No, so let's go Palmero. All right, 21%. That works. We're four for four. And this one is, is could be like anyone in the world. 500 plus career home runs, then hit five. Yeah. yeah so Barry Bonds. I mean, Barry like, Bonds, Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron. Who do you think's a tricky one in there then? Like, I don't know. Is Ted Williams, did he ever hit 40 home runs know, in a year? Days, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's Mark McGuire. It's a, Sammy Sosa. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm going to go with Sammy Sosa. Okay. It feels good to me. 
Oh, very good. Five percent. You weren't thinking about Sammy because he's white now. You know? Yeah. All right. So we're we got three left here. We got five hundred home runs for the White Sox, Angels and White Sox player, and then a Houston oh. and Baltimore player. Sammy Sosa would have been good for White Sox. Five hundred home runs. People forget that he played for them. Well, you can't do the same guy twice. You can't do the same guy. Oh, twice. very good. Yeah. Well, should we just do Frank Thomas? Or I mean, do we think Jim Tomey? I mean, I feel like he did play for them, but I think maybe he only played for the Twins because obviously he's best known as a Philly and an Indian. Um, so yeah. I'm trying to find like, oh, um, but we could just do Frank Thomas to be. To be yeah, safe. let's just so we can at least try to go like hundred percent on this. Yeah, sixty-two percent. Yeah. Um, will it tell you the other guys too? Or yeah, you can look. Okay, up cool. All right, so White Sox and Angel player. What do we got here? What do we have here? I mean, oh, Jose no. Quintana. Okay, that's one. You want to? I didn't know if Brad Fulmer was on the White Sox. No, let's go Jose Quintana. A lot of people don't. I wasn't even thinking that. Yeah, two percent. That's great. All right, Houston and Baltimore, last one. This is a. Uh, I mean, did like Chris Davis ever play no, there? No, Oh, that's right, Houston and Baltimore, not a. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of these Houston teams. It wasn't like JJ Hardy never played there. I don't think or anything like that. Uh, I'm almost trying to think of like catchers. Like Maldonado was never on Baltimore, was he? No, I don't think so. Oh no. Now I'm trying to think of their like playoff team. I uh, had Miguel Tejada, but Jonathan Scope. Oh. Craig Biggio never did that. Jeez, uh, who else was on that? I mean, just the Orioles just never really had people. Yeah, they're a very tough team for me. I, I feel like you'd have to think of like a like if you if you grew up watching the Yankees, you would have known the little random guys on the team. But oh, this was a, this is a tough one. This is might be what stumps the Schwab. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I just hate, too, that we're like, you know, I don't want people, like, as we're doing this live. Oh, yeah. We we'll, don't want. We'll you put know, a time limit on this. Yeah, we'll give it another 30 seconds to a minute or so. Don't want you guys to, you know, get, also, we're. Oh, we're there's here. there's an easy one here. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it's the. Big well, I mean, it's better than us getting nothing. Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini, you're right. Wow. All right. So we are going to go. Nine for nine. It was fifty percent. <laughs> yeah. So two hundred and five points. What was the average? Average score was six point eight. So we did better than average. Or no, that I don't means, know. Yeah. Oh, we were the average. Six point eight out of. So. So what were the top? The Hilito, oh. the most. Oh, so you're right. Bagwell. Okay, good thing we went. Trout. Mm-hmm. So we only had a couple of the. Let's see. No, Tomei did not play for the White Sox. So. Okay, very good. Oh, no, that's just showing all the people. Yeah, very bad then. Click Jim Tomei. I mean, he... Oh, he did, he did. Yeah. yeah, okay, so that would have been... Okay. I thought also was... played for Baltimore, did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been... Huh. That was a fun little game. I think more so fun for us mm-hmm. that we had the visual. <laughs> but uh, I'd be... Many... We were really stuck on this one, right? Houston, Baltimore. This is the one I want to look at. Matt Albers. We should have had Matt Albers. No, we shouldn't. Um, who else is on here? I want to see if any of these guys. Bruce Chen, I remember. You don't remember Kurt Blaferi? <laughs> no. Eric Bedard? Sounds like a fucking quarterback oh, or Bedard something. Bedard was good. But the only... See, that's the thing. Bedard played two games 
for the Astros. Yeah. So there's so many of these. Who played like a significant amount for both teams? Uh, oh, Steve Finley, huh? Someone named Glenn Davis. Very, very uh, basic name. Yeah, Steve Finley is probably the best one there. Played a significant amount for both teams. Long career. Aubrey Huff. Okay. <clears throat> Aubrey Huff. Yeah, there's some people that have to be like complete psychos to remember. Oh, Miguel Tejada played for the Houston Astros. Oh, wow. I said that, that name. At all, yeah. Wow, that would have been Reference. something. But alrighty. Shall we? Uh, I don't want to keep the people. Oh, yeah. We are we, moving on. Yeah, now. we can move on. You guys want to talk to some college football? Uh, I think we have the NFL first. Oh, NFL first. Never mind. We'll do the NFL first. And so not, not not too much here. More yeah. preseason action. Uh, Sam Howell and Baker Mayfield are named starting quarterbacks. So uh, oh. add them to your fantasy list. Uh, actually, don't. No. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's job can be very limited, though. Kyle Trask is breathing breathing down his neck, but Sam Howell, he was good at North Carolina, and he's. He's looked good in the couple, you know, or like the, the one game he played at the end of the year when it was, I think, kind of meaningless, but I think Philadelphia was still kind of playing starters. I can't remember. But there was something when he beat like the Eagles or something last year, or the Cowboys. He beat one of those teams at the end. Yeah, and then uh, the other story we got here is Jonathan Taylor has gotten permission to seek a trade. Uh, so, uh, And do you see who uh, the favorite is to land him? The Dolphins? Yep. Yeah. So it's the, looking at it, his, uh, the favorites to get him, uh, are the, let's see, I had it here earlier. All right. Maybe I don't have any more disappeared on me, but it was like the, I know it was like the doll. Oh wait, hold on. Here it is. It's the Miami dolphins at plus two fifty, And then the bears at four to one Ravens, seven to one Broncos, seven and a half to one Cowboys, seven and a half to one commanders, 10 to one bucks, 10 to one bills, 10 to one. And then Vikings fifteen to one, Eagles twenty to one. So those are the top like ten teams to land him if uh, if um, he doesn't. Now, why stay would the Vikings calls. trade for him? It makes no sense. Yeah. And so uh, the Dolphins, they're talking about uh, if they land Jonathan Taylor, that hey, you know, they didn't get Dalvin Cook as he went to the Jets, and it'd be kind of like hey, if we ended up with Jonathan Taylor instead, probably an upgrade. I think if Jonathan Taylor goes to a team like the Dolphins, I think he'll actually have a good season because he was really good. It's just, you know, he got a little banged up and it's also clear he's just not happy right now with uh, the Colts. So, I mean, if you're one of those guys that has already done your fantasy football draft and you were snagging Jonathan Taylor, maybe in the second round or something because people aren't jumping on him early and now he's on the Dolphins, you got yourself a steal there, like a big steal, I think. Again, he hasn't been traded yet, so we don't even know. That's why I said if, Andy. The if is the key word there. Don't get too excited. Yeah, no, I know. But I'm saying like now at least though the team has given him permission. Like, hey, fuck, you want the fuck out of here? Go. Go. Get out. Well, they have to agree on something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much that for uh, NFL. So, uh, Andy, I know, had uh, some college, you know, continuing on in football. Had uh, yeah, some, to do so, some college uh, rankings. This, this week is week zero of college football. So, there's a few games this weekend, including uh, Notre Dame playing in Ireland again. Uh, that's probably the, the most notable team. I think there's like, you know, Utah State's playing or something like that too. Um, but I did want to, you know, go over the top 25 teams and, and uh, just talk about one player, one key player on the team from from all these. So I think this week we're just going to do 11 through 25, uh, and then next week finish up with the top 10. 
Uh, but let's just start here with uh, number 25, Iowa, which is disappointing because Iowa is a, a horrible product to watch, but they're, they are ranked. Uh, and uh, their, their key player is Cooper DeJean. DeJean, I'm not sure. A cornerback who had uh, he had three pick sixes last year. Uh, so now he's uh, coming back and looking to have a, another good season. Uh, number 24, Tulane, uh, who had that miracle season last year, being USC in the bowl game. Uh, their, their key player, Michael Pratt, the QB from last year. Uh, 23, we got Texas A&M. Uh, they have cornerback Tyreek Chappell is, is a good prospect for them. Uh, number 22, Ole Miss. Uh, running back Quinshawn Judkins, who as a, as a freshman last year had like 1,600 yards. So big, big season for him. They expect more. Uh, number 21, North Carolina. Uh, is of course Drake May, who's the number two prospect in in college football right now, uh, quarterback who's had good success. So uh, yeah, we'll have to see how he does uh, in his final season there. Uh, number twenty, Oklahoma. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, their quarterback. He's a transfer from UCF. Played there last year. Played with Oklahoma last year. Um, he's one of their better players. But you know, Oklahoma's not as hot of a team anymore after losing their coach. So uh, down to number twenty here. Uh, number 19, Wisconsin. And if you're talking about Wisconsin, they're going to be talking about the running back. So Braylon Allen, that's their, their running back this year. is going to be a key, key player. Uh, number 18, surprise, Oregon State. Uh, they did uh, – he's not the player I had on here, but uh, they did get the uh, DJ Ugo. Yeah, from uh, Clemson, yeah. yeah. Transferred to Oregon State. Um, also from St. John Bosco for you uh, Orange County people. Yeah, but they have a they have a uh, offensive tackle, Talise Fuaga, who's going to be uh, – Probably a top 10 pick in the NFL next year. So that's their, their big player right there. Uh, TCU's 17th. Uh, they have cornerback Josh Newton is, is their big star player. Uh, and 16th, we've got uh, Kansas State. And uh, their best prospect is a, is a guard. Not not all that fun, but his name Cooper Beebe. So he's going to be a, a first-round pick next year, uh, most likely. So that's, that's fun for, for any offensive line fans out there. Uh, number 15, you got Oregon. Uh, they, they got Bo Nix coming back. It seems like Bo Nix has been in college football for 65 <laughs> years, uh, but it's only been six. So I uh, played like a full career at Auburn before <laughs> uh, transferring to Oregon, playing there last year. Or he's year. playing another full career. Yeah. So he, he is back for season six and, or season two at Oregon, but season six overall. That is insane. Uh, 14th, Utah also returning their star quarter. Uh, I think I put Utah twice, but their star quarterback, Cam Rising. Uh, yeah, fun player. Uh, it, was, it was a good team for the last. They're always a good team, it seems like. And this is this is their final Pac-12 season, of course. Thirteenth uh, Notre Dame. Uh, they have a really good offensive tackle, Joe Alt. Very very basic name there, but you know. Joe Control Alt Delete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number twelve, you have Tennessee, who uh, they, they lost. Also their, a basic name. Yeah, just Joe Milton coming in for an they interview. They lost their their quarterback from last year, but uh, they have another good one ready to start, Joe Milton. Uh, so then, what was the deal with the quarterback last year? Did he get like was it like his career was done after that hooker? He got drafted. He was okay, like a I, was, I was hoping yeah. so because he was good. He just yeah. got hurt, so he's just not going to play this year. He was he got he tore his ACL too late in the season. That's always rough when you do uh-huh. that. Um, I think that happened to someone. Well, Tennessee was like number one, weren't they? When when after yeah. they upset uh was it Bama? Um, and then yeah, number eleven is Texas. Uh, they have a receiver Xavier. Worthy as a, a top player for them. Uh, yeah, so we have the top 10 uh, for next week. So that'll be fun. Uh, a lot of familiar names. You could probably guess based on who we didn't talk about today 
you can kind of guess who's going to be in the top 10. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, preview yeah, that know, next week. You know, um, and maybe some yeah. of those guys will not be in the top 10 because some of those teams play this weekend as the football season does begin this I, weekend. I think Notre Dame is the only team that plays. So the top 10 should stay. No, there's a top 10 team that plays this weekend. They're big favorites. Oh, USC, I think is, are they top 10 or no? Are they playing this weekend? Yeah. They're playing San Jose state on Saturday. Oh, okay. and I only know that because my roommate well, and another, lose. <laughs> I know, but my roommate and one of my good friends, his, uh, their nephew is the starting, uh, one of the starting tackles, redshirt freshman for uh, San Jose state. So it's kind of cool that his first collegiate game gets to be at the Coliseum. It's probably not going to be cool what the outcome is going to be, but hey, crazier things have happened. Appalachian State, you know what I mean? Who's to say San Jose State can't go into the Coliseum on a Saturday night under the lights and pull an upset? If that happens, if I was Caleb Williams, I'd retire. Yeah, just go straight to the pros. I'm out for the season. I don't need another Heisman because he is the favorite. But All right, Sean, I think we got one more sport to talk about. Soccer. Yeah, bring us home. The Ladies World Cup. And I'm, we're only going to really talk about this because I predicted it. Uh, when we talked about the the Sweet 16 pool or pull, uh, round, when it became the elimination round, we talked about how the times were so early. And I said, hey, you know, for United States people, it might not matter because I think the way they're playing, they're not going to move on. And they got eliminated in the first round. And my prediction was, and I stood by every week I talked about it, but I said it was going to be a Spain-England World Cup final and I think I leaned Spain. I can't remember exactly, but I at least predicted that final. And it sure enough was when we left you guys last week, Spain had won and England was playing at like 3 a.m. Wednesday morning. And uh, sure enough, England won. They go to the World Cup final against Spain and Spain wins one nothing to win their first ever uh, World Cup for the women's side. And uh, the girl that the, the sad part of the story is that the girl that scored the game winning goal, the only goal of the game, uh, she found out an hour after the game that her father had passed away. So she didn't, she played this whole game, not knowing that her dad had passed away, which I think people do that on purpose. Like family does that on purpose to, you know, not be a distraction in you know, the biggest game of this woman's career, the biggest game she'll ever play in. And so, uh, Unfortunate, you know, for that, but at least, you know, she got to have that goal that won it for her country. And uh, yeah, Spain is your uh, World Cup champions. Uh, it was a really, really poor performance from our United States team. I know they fired their coach or their coach quit. I'm one of the other. He's he's gone, though. And, you know, you've seen some comments come out about some of the players, what they had to say. You know, a lot of the girls just very unhappy with their performance, as they should have been. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait another four years if uh, for the women's side and only another three years for the men. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it for soccer. I don't have definitely don't have much more to talk about for the the ladies World Cup. Yeah. All right. Well, some good stuff we covered there. Uh, I think that'll wrap us up for episode three hundred and thirty eight of the Tony Steak Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me we had off road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you very much. We'll see you later.